Hello there, I'm Connor Thompson and I work for the Demand Generation team here at Sorted. You found your way onto our podcast, which is focused all around pleasing the e-commerce customer, managing the delivery experience and tackling the challenges and changes that we're seeing in retail right now. We've got some really exciting people lined up for the next few episodes, so make sure you subscribe to get the latest episodes when they're released. For now though, a couple of weeks ago, our sales director Andy Hill had a really honest chat with Julie Dietz the awesome operations director from Party Delights. It was recorded in the run-up to Halloween, which, of course, is traditionally the peak of Party Delights' peak, and they discussed everything from shopper behavioural changes to managing customer expectations, as well as a really interesting look at how Party Delights switched their fulfilment from the UK to Europe almost overnight. So, hi, Julia. How are you? I'm great, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Very good. Thanks for joining us today and thanks for, for taking part in our interview. No problem. So here we are at the end of August, uh, almost into uh, into September. And um, uh, I guess the traditional retail peak is is almost upon us. But I know at Party Delights, your peak is is slightly early this year. How are you it preparing is. for it? Yeah, so um, we've done a lot of analysis sort of looking at the how we think last year will be different than this year. Um very fortunately for us, we've got um, we've got a really good team. So um, they've been working really hard, starting pulling the figures together. We've had quite a few changes in our European distribution as well. So that's really changed the dynamic. So right um, right at the beginning of lockdown, we moved all of our European distribution into um, a hub in Europe. So we have obviously less going through our Erlen site, but what it's meant is it changes the dynamics of um, the pressure that it puts on our on the warehouse to get things out um, as quickly as possible um, because of the lead times. In addition to that, we've got um, a Saturday Halloween, which has historically always been really, really good for party delights. We usually see anywhere from about a 20 to 25 percent uplift in um, particularly the UK and Ireland celebrating Halloween. So um, not only is it our big season, but it's a particularly big season for us this year. So, yeah, just understanding how how that dynamic will change, how that offering will change, what how customers will celebrate um, in in different ways and things like that. Great. And moving um, traffic out of Erlem into Europe, is that also Brexit proof, the operation as well? Yeah, so it, it was a few different reasons. One, it, it, it was initially... Um, plans in to, for the mitigation of Brexit, um, but also it gives us a better customer proposition. So shorter delivery times and, and a bit quicker to delivery times in certain areas of Europe um, to do it out of out of Germany. Sure. How have you approached forecasting this year? Because this is uh, a crazy year by by all means, isn't it? Really. So how do you how do you approach that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I think what we've we've all done is we've just got into the numbers a bit deeper than we probably normally would have um, really trying to focus on the quick wins, the opportunities, the trends. So where we see particular categories, um, maybe maybe on the up, really trying to focus on those because you, know, you need every pound you can get um, going through what we've been through in the last six months. So uh, by the team trying to focus on opportunities of where they can make some some big wins, sort of the low hanging fruit, that's how we've sort of directed the team, really looked at the numbers differently than we would have historically. 
Sure, must be a challenge that one though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's hard to get people to change and do something different than what they they would have normally done. So it really push people out of their comfort zone to know, to empower them to know it's okay to try something new and this is the time to do it. And you know, it it, it it's it's a good time to learn to do things differently. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, so about doing things differently. What kind of um, uh, uh, areas can retailers focus on to improve customer experience for customers? Um, I think the key is um, that we've all learned that we can do things a lot quicker and easier, which I think retail was always quite scared of. They, I don't feel like the retail industry listened to what the customers wanted. Um, it always felt like customers were sort of pulling everybody along with um, with things that they wanted, you know, I know the UK was one of the first with click and collect offering, you know, quite a few years ago. And um, we've sort of been chasing our tails ever since then. Um, but I think it's really shown that the retail industry, it's so important to understand what the customer wants and they want it as quick and easy as possible. And they want that visibility as well of where that stock is or where that parcel is so that they can plan their life around it because um, there's nothing more frustrating than trying to plan party and event and and sitting around waiting for that that parcel or that package to come when uh, as a business we've committed to it being there by a certain time and if we can't control it and the customer's getting frustrated and it's down to the courier and there's that lack of of connection and um and and visibility for them so yeah sure. really focusing on that seamless integration of how couriers work with companies and how we can service the customer better yeah, and our party lights investing in technology in that area to connect the whole customer experience and to the courier and to your own operation. We are. We're in a really fortunate situation at Party Delights where a lot of our systems are um, bespoke and built in house. So we've got a fantastic tech team that can do all that, and they're quite they're quite agile that we can move their focus from one area to another based on where we're seeing, you know, pinch points or bottlenecks or areas of concern across the business. So yeah, we are really looking at that integrating that entire CRM sort of system um, and how that can link in with what Sorted does and the couriers and, and, and bringing the customers feedback in, into that to make it to make it better for everybody. Sure. And kind of future gazing now, what do you think customer experience will be next year? What, what do you think customers, how do you think customers' habits have changed this year and what, what demands are they going to put on us all next year? I think the customers, um, I would hope that they're a little bit more patient um, and they understand the challenges, really. I think that's one of the sort of levelings up that has happened with COVID is that people are a little bit more understanding. Um, but I think it's, again, it's just that ease. They want it to be easy. And the easier you make it for them, the the better it will, the better it will be. Um, and really capitalising on even when there are problems, how how we service those customers and um, and then and and that being translated through to their you know the way they speak about you through social media and you know and turning those what could be um, issues or problems into real opportunities for for us as a business. So, do you think customers are more sensitive to retailers now and to shipping than they ever have been in the past? I think so. I think I think they do understand it. There's there's still a few ones, and you do get those frustrations um, when 
a parcel is supposed to show up and it doesn't um, because you can't, in a lot of instances, you can't fix that. But I, I do think that they, they understand a little bit more um, and, and they're planning a little bit more than they had. I, I, it was for a while there, it felt like everything was going to this immediate response of ordering it today and having it first thing tomorrow morning. Whereas I think customers are a little bit more understanding that that's not always that's not always practical, and they have to plan a little bit more. Sure, but if, if I kind of play back uh, uh, your lens on it, it's very much about engaging the customer, keeping the customer informed of delivery, and talking to them all the way through to to receiving their box of party lights uh, Absolutely. on the doorstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. the ideal situation. <laughs> Um, if you could share with us kind of one of your top tips for running a great operation in Party Delights, what would it be? Oh, God. Um, I just try and be an open as honest with the staff um, and my my other coworkers about what the standards are and what we expect. Um, and just um, just to be just to be kind to each other and be understanding um, and really try and get to know people on a more personal level and understand what what drives them and what their motivation is and um, and wanting and I'm really trying to engage them on an individual level um, so that you get the best out of people. I mean, we're, yeah. we all, everyone wants to come into work and do a great job every day. Um, and for everybody that looks very differently, what, what a good job is. So really just trying to understand that on a, on a very individual level so that um, you get the best out of people. Yeah. That's great. It's refreshing. <laughs> what do you say that the biggest risk is in your operation to day-to-day -day, uh, success for customers? Is it number of orders coming into the operation? Is it stock flow inbound? Yes. Yeah, so one of the, the biggest changes that we've seen in COVID is um, we've seen a big drop in our average order value um, because obviously people aren't having parties with 30, 40, and 50 people. They're having small gatherings. So where we've seen an increase on our orders, we've seen a drop in the number of items and therefore average order values have dropped. So we're actually picking more orders, um, more units, um, but we're not seeing, we're, we're not hitting that turnover of last year or exceeding that turnover of last year. So that's been really challenging, layering in the social distancing of the warehouse of keeping everybody safe, um, everyone healthy, um and keeping everybody as far away from each other as possible so we don't we don't spread um we don't spread the virus um and keeping everyone safe so that's been that's been the biggest the biggest challenge for us um so yeah so an increase of orders with all of the the restrictions that we have on top of it um so we've um we've completely changed our shift patterns in the warehouse so we've gone from a five-day operation um, with three different shifts to a seven-day operation, so longer, longer days. But we're now um, four days on, four days off. So it's got a lot of great advantages to it, but it can be challenging because you've got a lot less people in on any given day doing the job. So that that's been been hard, but it's been a really good learning curve. But we've learned that um, we've learned different. We've, we've had to approach things in different ways because you've got much smaller teams. Yeah. Um, so that, that can be risky and that will be really interesting to see how that plays out through Halloween because at Halloween, it's all hands on deck. Everyone needs to be at, uh, you know, at, at optimum, 
optimum speed, optimum accuracy, doing their job the best way that they can. Um, so, yeah, I think that that will be our my our biggest challenge for for the season. Sure. And that's something you never planned for, is it really? You didn't when you wrote your plan in January. This is an event that uh, was never even consideration. No, I'm, no, not at all. But the, the, the team have been great. We've got a fantastic group of people from our operatives up to our senior leadership team that have really, really embraced the changes that we've had to make and are, are on board with it. So that that helps. That makes things so much easier when people understand what, what's expected and what we need to do. Um, we've tried to be very transparent with what the plans are, what the strategy is, trying to keep everyone as updated as possible throughout the process of what we're doing, why we're doing it, so that they understand how it affects them and their department. Because every department is affected in so many, so many different ways. You know, even trying to communicate down to the people that were furloughed that, you know, they still had a part to play in being furloughed because um, that was a cost savings to the business and how and how that um, how that can contribute to the overall picture of what we're trying to do and how we're trying to get through this incredibly difficult period that, like you said, no one planned for. Sure. And if you think about when the pandemic started, how long did it take you to, I guess, replan the business and then roll out that new strategy? Um, so we um, we closed the business after the announcement on the 25th. We actually shut down the um Earlham um, distribution center. Um, we then within, we were already in our plans of getting our European distribution set up, but it wasn't due to launch for another two to three weeks, but we actually managed to get it done in about three days. So the team worked endlessly to get that done and set up. Um, so we were quite fortunate on the timings, if that makes sense. <laughs> you can be fortunate of timings around a pandemic. Um, so we still had about 20% of our revenue coming in because that was our European business um, is equates to about 20% of that. We then were closed for a period of about six weeks. So around the middle of April, we um, really started. We, we talked for a few weeks about how we thought things were going to look. We were waiting for guidance from the government, but then we realized we probably wouldn't get anything really concrete from them so that we needed to start planning around what we could and if we had to make a few tweaks or changes. So we started doing that around the middle of April. We put a bit of a plan together and then we were able to open back up um, about three weeks later. So May 4th um, got um, a team in. So we initially took the approach of getting volunteers to come in because we didn't want people to feel, um, you know, threatened or unsafe. Um, but and we knew there were people that were absolutely desperate to come back to work. So. We tried to be really considerate of the way that people were feeling in their own personal circumstances. And it it was hard work to to get to have those conversations with that many people. But we've got a great HR company that helped us manage it. So we were in a really good place. And then it just went absolutely crazy once we opened back up because everyone was still celebrating um, in their own in their own way. So see so yeah, that was that was tough, but it took us a good three, four weeks to get a really good robust plan. But again, we were very agile through May and we tweaked and changed delivery options and delivery lead times. And um, we, we we sort of stemmed the, the goods intake so that we could focus on picking and packing to get orders out the door. So the team were great. They, you know, they, they turned on a, you know, on a dime to, to get things and focus their energy on where, where we really needed to as a business. So 
there were a few orders that went out a bit later than we would have liked, um, unfortunately. But, you know, we know we did everything that we could to, yeah. to service those customers as best possible. But as you yeah. said, the community, we're a bit more forgiving now, aren't we? They are. They are. <laughs> Yeah. So finally, uh, in no more than three words, how would you sum up the uh, the feeling of the retail sector right now? I think the first one would be very sobering. Um, I think it's it's an incredibly difficult time and you just hear of so many retailers going under and the amount of people that are losing their job um, is just really sobering and really, um, really devastating because the retail industry is such a fantastic and vibrant sort of um, industry so um it's something that i've been involved in for years and i'm very passionate about um i think adaptable because the the stores that didn't close or couldn't close or the online retailers it's amazing how quickly they turned around like i said listen to what those customers wanted and and managed to figure out how to still keep their businesses afloat it feels like we moved on for five years and the decisions that would have normally took years and years to mill over in boardrooms or discuss with senior leader teams or roadmap through tech just got done and and executed quite quickly. So um, really, really adaptable. And also I think um, the third one would be really resilient. Um, it's amazing how when push comes to shove, people really um, just get down to what needs to get done and, and figure out how to sort of save their business, save their, their department, save and protect what's theirs and sort of fight for for what's what's theirs and what they do yeah yeah that's fascinating all which hopefully should put us in good stead for the future and adapting for the future absolutely hopefully yes hopefully good julia thank you for joining us today thank you for joining sorted it is appreciated no problem anytime thank you Thanks for listening. Remember, we've got loads of awesome people lined up for our next few episodes and we can't wait to share the wisdom with you. It's never been more important to pool ideas and learn from peers in our industry. So don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and follow Sorted Official on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram.